That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Chelsea, Manchester City, and Tottenham triumphed over relegation fighting Brighton, Cardiff, and Crystal Palace on Wednesday after Wolves and Watford continued their battle for seventh place with wins over Manchester United and Fulham, respectively. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Alex here with uh, Javier. We're going to recap a few of those uh, midweek results and then look ahead to the weekend's Premier League fixtures in which we'll see a slightly depleted field as two FA Cup semifinals are also going to be taking place on Saturday and Sunday. Javier, did you get to catch much of the midweek action or uh, busy with work and life like the rest of us? Yeah, no, I was. Uh, I, I got. I saw most of the Wolves United game on Tuesday and then today uh, I was only able to get glimpses of the action, but... Uh, like you know, whenever a goal was popping up, I was I was watching the highlights of it, but uh, I was pretty busy at work. What about you? What were you What were you able to get of the games? Just the just the Chelsea game today. Uh, I heard great things about the United game. I did. I went for the extended highlights uh, when I was watching. Okay, I went, I went for the the fifteen to twenty minute version. You know, I, I tried my best. I couldn't watch the whole thing, but yeah, that that seemed like a very eventful game. And before we discuss that two-one win for Wolves, uh, let's just mention real quick that Fulham were officially relegated from the Premier League with uh, Tuesday's four-one loss at Watford. Uh, Abdoulaye Decore opened the scoring in the twenty-third minute. Ryan Babel equalized in the thirty-third minute before goals from Will Hughes, Troy Deeney, and uh, Kiko Femenia sealed the points for Watford and uh, sealed Fulham's fate back down in the Championship next season. Uh, we will both miss them greatly. It was an easy six yeah, points to I, take. I, I loved yeah. Fulham. Like I said at the beginning of the year, it's an easy it six points. It wasn't like West Brom or Stoke going down. Right. It was, it was like, I think we scored 10 goals against them in two games. So I will very much miss you, Fulham. Please be back soon. <laughs> kind of rare that a team gets uh, gets relegated. Two teams get relegated this early. It's a yeah, little bit, it's a little bit pathetic. <laughs> it's it's uh yeah it's the season ends at the end of May. There's almost two months left in the season, and we've got two teams relegated already. So uh, not much of a relegation battle per se. But and Cardiff are five points out, so it's like they they need a miracle. Yeah, they really do need a miracle. Obviously, we've mentioned in the previous pod that uh, that Burnley game in a, in a week or two is going to be huge. But we'll preview that next week. Uh, there's no relegation battle. Great segue. There's a great top four battle that really heated up on Tuesday with a not so surprising win for Wolves, but uh, a win nonetheless against Manchester United at home. They uh, uh, won 2-1 goals from Scott McTominay in the 13th minute for Manchester United. Made uh, it look like it wouldn't be a repeat of the FA Cup loss they suffered a few weeks ago. But uh, Diogo Jota equalized in the 25th minute. Uh, before Ashley Young stupidly got himself sent off with a really ill-advised challenge uh, early in the second half in the 57th minute. And uh, finally, Chris Smalling put an own goal cherry on top of the uh, Sunday with a uh, own goal in the 77th minute. We've discussed at great length in this podcast that United's uh, schedule next to Chelsea's in the Premier League uh, is one of the toughest of uh the, these these like four teams that are fighting for the, those last two Champions League places. 
Uh, do, do you think this loss solidifies their their status as like the outsiders, like sixth place? Do you think they still have a pretty good chance? Yeah, no, I I I think this pretty much solidifies their. Uh, you know, I I mean, they, they still have a decent chance, but this was a game that they absolutely had to get some sort of points in, either a draw or or a win, because they still have some really hard games coming up later in the season. I think against Chelsea and Manchester City, right? Yeah, the Chelsea game, you could actually look at that as a positive for them because they have a direct in, uh, involvement on one of their rivals dropping points and them gaining points. But I, th- points. I think so Chelsea's going to be pointer. like not in the top four race either, so it's not going to help them as much. Well, you never know. We'll get to them in a bit. But uh, as of right now, when we're having doing the podcast, they are still in the, 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 top, the top four race. Uh, they're tied with Arsenal currently <laughs> like and in fifth place. So uh, United, I believe, are a point behind. There's six games to go. Come on, man. Like this, <laughs> I know you think certain things are going to happen, but as of right now, it's very tight and it's uh, any of these four teams technically could go on and win it. We're just discussing the prospect of United being like the, I guess, the least likely of those teams to get top four. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think they're outside, outside chances now. Um, I think because of their schedule, plus the two games with Barcelona, you you have to not favor them. But you never know. You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been really good at home this year, and they've had some that incredible turnaround in the Champions League, and and they've surprised a lot of people. So, you know, maybe maybe they they can get Paul Pogba's forming back, and they can get Martial firing again. He needs to stop getting these these nibbling injuries because. You know, if he's not playing these last seven or eight games, I think they're going to struggle. You know, they it looks like he's he's such a big threat for them, and they don't look like they have nearly as much penetration on the counterattack when he's not playing. So, especially with him and Marcus Rashford not starting this game, I, I know they still had Lukaku playing. But as I as I said, I didn't watch the full game. But uh, my, my cousin Connor, who we both uh, talk to pretty often. He played it off as United made schoolboy errors that otherwise would have seen them win the game and that it was completely down to United's uh, mix-ups, basically, and mistakes that caused them to lose this game. Like, is, it, is that giving Wolves too little credit? Were, were, were they were they not good themselves? Like, I mean, in the first half, United, United could have been up 3-0 and should have been up 3-0. But, or 3-1, maybe, because um, they Wolves did have a, a couple good sequences. And to be fair, De Gea... They scored in the first half. De Gea half. Did, did make some saves in this game. So it, the Wolves could have scored more goals, but I thought Wolves were a lot better in the second half. Um, they came out and, and played much better, and, and I think in the end were deserved winners. So I think it is a little bit... I'm a little I'm scared of them. I'm not going to lie. They're the one team I'm looking at in this next seven games thinking, you know... We, For Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, we might lose to these guys, but... I, I think also with this cup run they have, and it's kind of incredible that they've been able to stay really healthy this season because they, they, they pretty much play the same 11 almost every game. And it's, it's I mean, they, they have had a few injuries here and there in center back and their wing backs. And, you know, I know that, that, uh, that you know, they've been able, they were, they rested a bunch of players over the weekend for this game. So it looks like and it suffered worked. the consequences. Yeah. I mean, well, it didn't, it didn't work over the weekend. It didn't work over the weekend. Lost. Right. They lost, but. But they managed to win the game against. They, they won the big game, which I guess yeah. is good for morale. Yeah. It helps them prove to themselves that they can continue to hang with these really top teams. Um, yeah, Wolves have Watford this weekend. 
and uh, Brighton are playing Manchester City. Yeah, so that's the other semifinal. So I think that yeah, I think that Wolves have have a good chance. They've got a good chance of going through against Watford, and then if they go to the final, uh, you know, I guarantee that they're gonna they're gonna do everything they can to win that FA Cup because that would guarantee Europa for them. It's better than finishing seventh place. They have silverware, so if the, if it comes to that, if they're able to win that semifinal. You know, may, maybe they'll uh, go slightly easier on us in our in our game later that we when we play them. So, you know, everything comes let's back to Wolves. Arsenal, dude. Get over yourselves. Um, okay, let's move on to the Wednesday games. We'll start off with uh, uh, Chelsea's three 0 win against Brighton. Uh, Want to say Chelsea bounced back after how terrible the Cardiff performance was, but they did win that game. Uh, I feel like we should have more I'll Arsenal say it anyway. in the intro. By the way, like. We should cut out some of the I mean, some of the Liverpool. I would do it Chelsea if they had stuff. if they had played this midweek. So um, yeah, that's why they weren't in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so back to Chelsea. Before I was so rudely interrupted for some Arsenal quip, uh, <laughs> Chelsea won three nil at home against Brighton. Uh, they did indeed bounce back from the almost horror show that was the Cardiff away game on Sunday. Uh, Olivier Giroud opened the scoring in the 38th minute from a beautiful driven cross from Calum Hudson-Odoi making his Premier League debut, or his starting Premier League debut. Uh, Eden Hazard made the lead 2-0 in the 60th minute, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek scored a copycat goal of Eden Hazard's in uh, the 63rd minute just after that. Overall, just a cut-and-dry performance, which is such a relief to get, uh, because uh, it's gotten to the point with Chelsea where I've looked at the rest of our schedule and even the games that are just supposed to be chalked off as automatic wins. I'm just kind of like, could they beat us? <laughs> could Burnley beat us at Stamford Bridge? <laughs> like thinking to myself, it, it, it had gotten to that point. Uh, so when I saw the team sheet today, which included Calum Hudson-Odoi, as I mentioned, making his first start, he's come on for like 20 or 15 minute cameos. A couple times so far this season, but it was great to see him get his first full 90 minutes. Uh, a Ruben Loftus cheek start after he'd been slowly brought back into the squad after a, Finally, a back injury. We've been calling and for these. We absolutely have been. And I guess he's fully fit now and sorry, believes he can play 90 minutes because he did it and he ended, ended with a goal and an assist. And it was a beautiful goal, I might add. A beautiful curled effort straight out of the uh, FIFA 17 right bumper finesse shot. Was FIFA 17 or 16 that had the best uh, finesse shot? Yeah, s- I remember. 18. The last one had a really good finesse. Same, same with the one. Yeah, really? the last couple games. Was it last? I remember there was one game where you could become like anyone from Luis Suarez to Robert Lewandowski, and you could just use finesse yeah, shots from anywhere, game. and I it mean, would just, just place it. It was in always the Lewandowski. Now, it was just unfair. Now you just got to use power in the new FIFA. It's it's different times. Timed different finishing times. Um, volleys. Headers but to the back Loftus post. Cheeks goal. Headers to the back post are like how everybody scores now at like. Should, should a high we do level. our uh, evaluation of this year's FIFA on like a separate pod? Yeah, we'll save it <laughs> like, for I guess another the season pod, ends. There's there's we'll, a lot to we'll do. Our there's favorite a lot to teams. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, just sort of like word vomit about in, about FIFA. But uh, the Loftus Sheet goal it just reminded me of like one of those FIFA goals you score where you're just like that's just unfair. Like no one can stop that. And Loftus Sheet did it in a real game against. A terrible team away from home, I will add. Uh, I don't want to seem like I'm getting too excited. I just want to express my relief 
that we uh, had a game where it was cut and dry. It took us a good 38 minutes to break them down, and it was one of those games that you thought, like, once we get this first goal, we'll be okay. Like, they didn't look like they really had the the, the spirit to fight past 1-0, and that turned out to be the, be the truth. I was a little worried that earlier on in the season when we'd get leads, we would kind of come out after halftime and we'd play terribly for like 10 or 15 minutes and just fall asleep for the opening 20 minutes of uh, the second half. But instead instead of that, we put our foot on their necks and uh, just completely crushed them early on in the second half, got the second and third goals within three minutes of each other, and the game was over. And my question is... (laughs) For the room, I mean, you can answer this if you want. I can answer it myself. Uh, but my question about uh, Chelsea is, why the hell did it take so long for Sorry to do this? Like, everyone just kind of, like, breathed a sigh of relief when we saw the lineups. And we just all thought, oh, it's okay. He's, he's playing the players that we all want. Like, maybe, like, David Luiz starting was, like, a little bit of, like, a man, he's made a lot of mistakes this season. But to rest Rudiger, Rudiger hasn't really been playing well recently either. Uh, so rest was kind of necessary but like wh- why do you think it took him till april 3rd to start callum hudson odoi to get ruben loftus chic back in the lineup like, i mean because it was his like, last do do- it was his last roll of the dice i mean pedro wasn't even on the bench in this game william's been just completely out of form and seemingly you know out the door uh, there, there's obviously problems at chelsea and and i mean he's clearly trying to appease the fans trying to keep his job Trying to do the things that are look. I'm look. I played them. Okay. If if look if if you guys hadn't gotten a result this game, then you know he could have just been like, no. Look, I played. You know Hudson Adoy. I played Loftus Cheek from the start. Giroud and uh, you know it, then you can you can look at the players and be like, you know, what are you guys doing? But it's good that you guys were able to to get you know a a a, a good emphatic result you know an easy win because it's been a while since Chelsea just had an easy you know stroll in the park there was that one yeah Huddersfield game right but other than that five nil yeah other than that pretty under, much sorry there um, almost every game's been a little bit of a struggle so well no no no. I mean I mean like ever since we started on like the the downturn yeah on I the mean. downturn of we were, yeah. we were fine and we were doing really well early on this season then our season took a took a dive Right around the really time that we started is what I mean. playing way more games. 2019, pretty much, yeah. Um, I guess I'm just worried about... Uh, there are two games between now and then, but the Liverpool game's in a week and a half. Uh, between now and then, we'll play West Ham at home on Monday, which we'll get to in a bit here. Uh, and then we'll, I think, go to Slavia Prague in the uh, Europa League on that following Thursday. And then we'll have Liverpool away the next Sunday. I mean, which is a good amount of games in a short period of time, uh, really important games. I, I guess I'm like, I'm, I guess I'm just worried about sorry continuing with this lineup despite how well it played. Oh, uh, you you're know? so lucky like, you got Slavia Prague. God damn it, we have Napoli twice. <laughs> That's so annoying. They just like, beat eh, Sevilla. What are you talking and, like, about? Bitching. You're gonna play your second. I don't, fucking I don't really team care about that, that game. game. We can play our second and team in that game. I mean, like, fine, I'm worried. So you're fine, Javier. I don't I'm even worried know why that, like, you're, like, worrying is, about is sorry gonna here. Is Sari going to start Callum Hudson-Odoi at Anfield? He's going to start Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Because that was a pretty attacking lineup we played today. There wasn't a lot of like defensive balance there. We managed to put them away pretty easily because they never got the ball and we held possession for the whole time. But whatever they did, like it wasn't. there was never a moment when they were on the ball that they didn't look like at least a little bit threatening. And at Anfield, we're not going to get that same, that, that, that same comfort on the ball 
I, I just don't – I wouldn't blame Sorry for trusting, like, going back to, like, the evil that he knows, Willian, <laughs> and going back to, like, Kovacic, players that he views as, like, more experienced. But really, we should just be grabbing this lineup. This, this, These 11 players you just played, maybe Rudiger instead of David Luiz, I'll mention again. And we should just run with it because Hudson-Odoi, everyone can see it. He, he is the potentially a generational English talent. Like – like a Raheem Sterling level talent. Like, don't you think from what you've seen of him at 18 years old? Yeah. In like barely any minutes? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Right. So why would you not grab that by the neck and just run with that? He's so damn good. I really want to get into it more, but it would just sound like me gushing over Chelsea. Oh, because um, you're Chelsea and you don't play young players. That's why you... It's it's frustrating that you wait for you wait for your generational academy player to come along and... Uh, uh, and then you sell him to Bayern Munich in the summer. Your, your fans. <laughs> Goodbye, Callum. He still hasn't nah, signed he'll, the he'll new resign. contract. He'll resign. He still hasn't he'll signed the new contract. He'll resign. He's he loves Chelsea. Leaving. You can see it. You can see it so, in the boy, yeah, You have this generational talent. Enjoy him for the next month and then he'll be gone. <laughs> God, that'll be so bad if you're right. <laughs> okay, Enjoy uh, Christian let's jump Pulisic. You'll have an the... American generational talent instead. Uh, we'll put him on the right. We'll put him on the right. Uh, show on the left. It'll be great. Eden's going to Real. That's fine. We have Calum Hudson-Odoi. He'll be our, good, he'll be our good. new You've accepted Eden's leaving as well. You're, you're accepting Eden's Chelsea's Eden's inevitable Eden's demise. It's, it's coming. Alex is finally Manchester starting to Manchester City won 2-0 at home against Cardiff. <laughs> Goals from Kevin De Bruyne and Leroy Sané. Uh, I was having a good time with that one, Javier, and you started to turn it sour, and I don't appreciate you for it. Um, my to, question, did you, see, on did you see De Bruyne's you know, opening you goal? Belong, did you, I had to put you back down to earth. We, we've moved on. We've moved on, Javier. Kevin De Bruyne, his opening goal. Did you see it? Yeah, it was an absolute it? accident. He shook his head and was, it was laughing an accident? afterward. Yes. Wow. He didn't mean wow, to do okay. it. okay. Oh, okay. Has 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 the man spoken on the topic? I mean, you uh, see, you up. see a shit-eating <laughs> grin from him, and then he starts shaking his head after, right after the goal. So, like, why would you do that? Oh, okay. if you did if you meant to do that. He would have celebrated really like crazy if he did. He he just like ran over to his teammates and was like, ah, I didn't. You can tell him like put his hand up in the air to like gesture as if like you know ah like I got lucky there. And you can see the way he strikes the ball. He was trying to cross it. He just he just. Chuffed it. Chuffed it into the net. Yeah, yeah great chuffing. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Manchester City, uh, you and I both predicted, I think you had 3-0, I had 4-0. And honestly, it should have been that. And if it wasn't for Gabriel, damn Jesus. so and many his, chances. And his rustiness. He was so damn rusty in this one. Like tap in after tap in and selfish play after selfish play. He eventually got the assist for Leroy Sané's second uh, for Manchester City. Uh so, you know, something to take away from it for him. And, uh, you know, he did get, play well to get It's kind of interesting. Sane's, uh, right after he scored, he looked like, first of all, he celebrated by himself, just like fist pumped in the air, was just like, yeah, I'm the best. And then just like, he didn't look No, he happy. pointed over to Jesus. He pointed over to him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah him but a, he didn't look particularly said, happy. Like, he was just kind of like, all right, great. I get to play against Cardiff and score. Like, you're probably going to bench me in the next game. Which is interesting. Maybe Leroy Sané is, is one player who's possibly looking to get out of Manchester City this summer. So there's been some rumors. Have you seen already. anything about that? Has there really? Yeah, definitely. For, for definitely. where? I mean, he's just Real sign him instead of Eden. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> do yourself a favor. But I could see Let if, Eden if, stay if with like us, if like an Mbappe or something Leroy. leaves PSG, couldn't you see them going and you know spending 120, 130 million on hey, Sané? Bayern Munich. 
Bayern Munich, instead of getting Callum Hudson Odoi, no, go get a German star. No, they're getting Callum They like paying thirty million for their like generational no, 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 talents. They they just broke the German transfer record. They doubled the German transfer record with the Lucas Hernandez signing. Uh, they're they're spending big now. No, no, that's, like that's like the maximum. They're for a defender now, but they'll buy. They're now buying the generational talents like Serge Gnabry, Serge Gnabry, and uh, Callum Hudson Odoi at uh, Serge Gnabry. For, uh, generational for talent, cheap, cheap. I mean, he's starting for Germany now, so yeah, he's what nineteen twenty. Who? No, no, he's like twenty three, isn't he? Twenty two, twenty two. Gnabry, yeah. yeah, he's like twenty four, isn't he? Ah, Gnabry says he wants to come back to Arsenal. He's twenty three. Yeah, he's generational talent. He's pretty good. Like generational. Maybe okay. not Callum. You heard it here first on Callum, the Go School podcast. Didn't you see that goal he scored for Germany? It was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. I watched it live. It was lovely goal. Great game, too. Yeah, not really much to cover specifically here in the uh, Man City Cardiff game. Just that Gabriel Jesus, more specifically, was very wasteful. And I could have had my 4-0 result and gotten a pick right this week. But instead of that, Javier... Uh, came out victorious in the uh, predictions this week. He got one result right, while Andrew and I didn't get any. He correctly predicted uh, Tottenham's 2-0 home win against Crystal Palace in the first game in the Premier League at home in Tottenham's new stadium. I thought it was going to be called the new White Hart Lane or just White Hart Lane again, but it's called the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So, the shit. Well, it is. It is shaped like a toilet bowl. From the outside, it's on brand. It's, it's I get it. It's kind of an ugly uh, ass but then, stadium. But no, no, no. But then inside, even I have to admit, I haven't been there. Obviously, no. no inside, it looks amazing. Yeah, everything I've seen, it everything. looks like an absolute. It looks like a palace. Right. It looks pretty awesome on the it, inside. It looks cavernous. It looks like borderline Wembley level of like grandiose. It looks really, really great, and you know, good for them. But it's shaped like a toilet bowl. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad the rest of us got something to make fun of it for because the rest of it is really great. Uh, they obviously got a 2 0 win today. I, I don't think. Did you watch this? I, I, I didn't really yeah, watch th- it. Yeah, this was the game that I like had on that I was. Oh, this, okay. This that was. I was like watching a little bit at work. And uh, yeah, no, this was a. Uh, a lot of chances for Tottenham. It took them a while to. This break was just the, like an inevitable thing where like Palace, they didn't really threaten. It looked like they were just kind of laying down for the occasion. I mean, I don't want to say they just laid down and, and gave up and didn't play, but it, it took, you know, till the second half for Tottenham to break through. But in the first half, there was a lot of half chances and there was a lot of blocks by Crystal Palace defenders and a couple of saves and you just knew it was coming. In the second half, it's just more waves and waves and waves. And, and once the goal broke, you just knew like, all right. And like they just piled on pressure even more after that, and, and the second one was always coming. So, you know, they easily could have had three or four, um, and I'm sure they're going to be pretty menacing from now to the end of the season in the stadium. So I have a theory about, uh, and it's kind of harkening back to the Manchester City result. I have a theory that Kevin De Bruyne's six minute goal in that game with Cardiff pretty much uh, indirectly aided and abetted Chelsea and Tottenham's wins against Brighton and Crystal Palace. Because at halftime, Brighton are down 1-0 to Chelsea. They'd held out for most of the first half. And, you know, Chelsea created a few chances, but it wasn't like an absolute onslaught. Tottenham were still at 0-0 with uh, Crystal Palace. And I'm sure that Brighton and Crystal Palace went at halftime and saw that City were up 1-0 against Cardiff and how many chances they created. And they just thought to themselves, oh, well, Cardiff aren't getting, getting any points today. So 
it's not that big of a deal. You know, we'll try and get the draw, but you know, it's not that big of a deal if we if we lose today either. Because you know, Cardiff aren't coming back at at the Etihad and beating Manchester City. Now, Burn, okay, Crystal Palace. This is slightly applies to a little bit less because they are on thirty six points, while Brighton are on uh, thirty three, uh, uh, only five points ahead of Cardiff. Uh, so, but you know. I'm sure Crystal Palace, until they get to 40, every team usually thinks to themselves, we're not safe yet. So uh, that mentality is still there for Palace, uh, regardless of whatever the uh, lead may be. Uh, what do you think of that? Do you think that's complete bullshit? No, no, I agree. I think once they get to 40 points, they think they're safe, and a lot of them just kind of shut up shop. And that's when the youngsters no, I mean come the, I mean the, and... the, the De Bruyne goal thing. That Like the the result in the Man City's Cardiff game. Oh, I don't game. know. I don't, yeah, I don't know how much to make of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to actually qualify. I doubt that the players. Even I just think have, it play, like, it's an intangible thing that they dude, might they look at their phone, but the I don't results. think they're like looking at the results of the other games to like. Dude, they, I feel like they definitely do. They definitely know the context of like what other teams are doing and stuff. Like everyone's too plugged in nowadays. Like even just like a steward saying to them as they walk off, like "Oh, City are up one nil," or like "Oh, Chelsea are beating uh, Brighton three 0 you know, like whatever. Uh, that's just something I want to throw out there. Uh, a little intangible. Thing that could possibly be bullshit, uh, but Javier, you got that score prediction right, two uh, nil. Uh, you are now one point ahead of Andrew again uh, with sixteen. Andrew's on fifteen, and I'm on thirteen. I'm pretty much out of it. I don't even know why I'm doing these picks. Uh, but speaking of picks, let's get to the previews for this weekend. As we mentioned, there are two FA Cup semifinals, which meant it, that it, wait, uh, this Manchester is like the race City, for top four. I mean, you're only what three points back. Yeah, yeah, but there's like, what? Yeah, you're there's, saying, oh, there's, there's seven games left. There's seven week games Six games left. left. There's six games seven left. Seven for I'd us. Have to, for yeah, I guess. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to win like a bunch of those. And I've not really been <laughs> doing that well recently. I'm just basing it off current form, Javier. Off current form, it's, uh, I'm doomed. I, I need to sack the manager, get a new manager bump. And uh, yeah. Do it, Alex. But Come on. Probably. Sack the manager, new happen. manager bump. I'm sack the manager. I don't even know what the equivalent of that would be. I don't even know what that that could be a euphemism for. So looking ahead to this weekend, there are two FA Cup semifinals taking place, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Saturday is going to be Manchester City uh, against Brighton at 12.30 p.m. if you want to watch that instead of Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. I wouldn't recommend it, but uh, if you're really hardcore, then go for it. Uh, then Sunday, Watford will play Wolves at 11 a.m., because those four teams uh, will be preoccupied with FA Cup action, uh, their scheduled fixtures for this weekend are postponed to a later date. So uh, I think the likes of United aren't playing. Who else? Don't think Tottenham are playing this weekend. Uh, but we've got a couple of Premier League fixtures spread out between Friday and Monday uh, to preview. Uh, Friday at 3 p.m., Southampton are going to host Liverpool. Interesting scheduling. I, I, never, I didn't really realize this was uh, going to be on a Friday until I went to make the Google Doc for uh, this preview. Uh, kind of an interesting, I don't know if it really changes anything since we all still have a Liverpool win. Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Liverpool. I'm going to say 2-1. And Javier, you've got 3-1 Liverpool. You don't think the night game atmosphere at Southampton, uh, or the looming relegation struggles still there? Yeah, I you think don't they'll think? give it a go. But I also think that this is really like a big brother, little brother type thing where, I mean, there's so many players that have been sold. I, I just think that Southampton is Liverpool's subservient bitch. So that like they just have absolutely no chance oh to my. really beat them in this game. <laughs> Van Dyke's just gonna like walk in and just like, okay, just, like put okay. his nutsack so, down on all the players. How, okay, faces. how many how many players have we? We've got Van Dyke, we've got Mane. Lallana, Who else? He's not gonna Mignolet. start. 
Minulay? They didn't get Minulay from uh, Sunderland. Not Minulay. They got him from Sunderland. They don't have that many of those players anymore. They sold Klein or got sent him to Bournemouth. Uh, Lalana's aged out. He's not good enough to play full first team minutes really anymore. Hen- no, Henderson was Sunderland also. Come on, man. You're getting your red and white striped teams mixed up. <laughs> get it together. <laughs> okay, so Mane and Van Dyke are two really big ones because they're obviously hugely pivotal players to Liverpool now and were very pivotal to Southampton's success when they oh, were yeah, there they playing for uh, Pochettino. Yeah, dude, come on. Update your memory bank. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I have 2-1 because uh, the, the, the relegation battle is is very real. Southampton at home, they, they've given the likes of Tottenham and Arsenal uh, fits uh, under uh, Ralph Hasenhuttle. It's, uh, it's a pretty aggressive pressing system that's uh, never really going like outside of itself. Like you're, When they press, it's never really that dangerous. You obviously have to take some kinds of risks to press any team like moderately high up the pitch. But it always feels like they, they, they time it really well and they're well drilled enough by Hassan Huddle that uh, only really like three players are like going out, getting out of position and the rest of the team is still sort of maintaining some kind of deeper shape to stop from uh, teams really getting at them in behind. Uh, that'll be really, really put to the test, obviously, by the likes of Salah and Mane and uh, any kind of balls over the top from Van Dyke. So uh, if Southampton's backline can... Uh, I guess kind of up its game and Vestergaard and uh, Bednarik and those players can have, you know, out of body experiences in a way and play out of their minds for one game, then who knows what they could do. Maybe, maybe a draw. I'm, um, I, I'm not actually completely ruling it out you know, despite Liverpool being an absolute juggernaut so far this season against uh, some of the worst teams. Also, it in feels the like league. Salah, he, he's going to score like two goals this game. It feels like away from after home, that though. header, I don't like him away from home as much. After that, he- like header that, you know, he's going to claim was his goal or whatever. I bet you he's just going to come out and be a beast in this game. It's just, it's weird. I, I think that he's. I hope so. He's going to go on a little run, so of, my fantasy run again, team. maybe, maybe. Okay, I'm sure they they would absolutely take it. The Saturday slate of games is uh, are all going to take place at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Bournemouth will host Burnley. Andrew's got a 2-1 win for Bournemouth. I've got a 2-2 draw. And Javier, you've got a 1-1 draw. Huddersfield are going to host Leicester also at 10 a.m. Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Leicester. I've got a 1-0 win for Leicester. And you've got a 3-1 win for Leicester. Huddersfield, of course, now officially relegated. I don't think we mentioned that on the previous podcast. Uh, I think it was sealed with their loss uh, last week. Do you think that changes anything? Do you think it like frees them up? At all, like we obviously all have them losing in this That's game. That's pretty much why I have them scoring just... this game because I think like offensively they're still going to attack. They're still going to try they're and just give their think, fans screw it. Let's throw me- let's right. Throw they're still going to try and give, and give their fans a a, an entertaining show. And I think Leicester are going to catch them on the counterattack. That's why I think they're going to score three goals. And I think Brendan Rodgers, you know, he'll set them up to get get a bunch of goals in this. But yeah, no, I just I think that you know Huddersfield might be getting some more goals by the end of the season, but I doubt they'll get any results. I think they're currently sitting on 18 goals scored this season. Yeah, I think they'll try and work on maybe getting that up to, you know, 24, 25. Yes, I can confirm they've scored 18 goals in 32 games. Not great, Bob. (laughs) So the last of the 10 a.m. games will be Newcastle hosting Crystal Palace. I've got a 2-1 win for Newcastle, and uh, you and Andrew both have draws. Andrew's got a 1-1 draw, and Javier, you've got 0-0, your weekly 0-0. And then Sunday, just one game, Everton hosting Arsenal at uh, 9 a.m. Andrew's got a 2-1 Arsenal win. I'm going 3-1. And uh, Javier, 
You got clean sheet. Clean sheet away at Everton. I know you don't fear them. We've discussed this on many podcasts before this one. It's a little ridiculous. They have won is, is, two is nil the last game two games. I am being very, very cocky with this, I think. This is definitely a cocky uh, result that I'm uh, predicting here. Don't but you beat them like – don't you score like three or four there all the time? Yeah, we scored five last right. year. But I think that in this game uh, they're going to have a lot more trouble scoring on us. I think defensively we've – been shoring that up. I think Leno's got three straight clean sheets now. So I am slightly more confident in defense than I have been in the last few years, honestly. Not uh, not necessarily because we have different players. We do have Lucas Torreira, and uh, Granit Xhaka looks like a completely different player under Emery. Is Torreira back for this one after the bench? Yes. And... Okay. I think that having arrested Torreira in this is going to be is going to be a really big boost, and I think Chaka also is going to have rested. Uh, I think he was just a little bit fatigued from the international break. I don't think he had a, an injury, so it's, we should have our regular midfield back in this, and I think that's going to be really important for us. I also just think Everton have been kind of underwhelming this season. I know they got a good result against you guys, and they're on a little bit of a run, if you can call it that. But I think that they are not going to be in that. I mean, they're still in the hunt for that seventh spot, but I don't think that they're going to be there at the end of the season. And they've got a really hard schedule. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're currently four points behind uh, uh, Wolves, who are on 47 in seventh place. They're in 10th place on 43 with Watford and Leicester above them also. So, I mean, yeah, they, they could still get seventh. <clears throat> We've discussed slightly or touched on slightly before how much seventh really means to some of these teams. Um, and it's hard to really know, but you'll, I guess you'll find out from uh, how Everton play on a Sunday against Arsenal. I, I also think that in these games, um, I mean, they are at home, so Sigurds uh, has been has been pretty good this season. So I, I'm 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 a little bit scared of him. Um, I mean that just that Chelsea result. You know, they played really well against you guys, but I think that was more you guys playing really bad as opposed to Everton so, just being brilliant on the day. So they played pretty well for a half the second half they were like okay they scored both their goals one off a set piece uh one on a penalty you know it wasn't like they dominated us at goodison park we should have been up two or three nil at halftime but our typical wasteful selves pissed that one away so and i think i don't want to seem like everton are dominating all these wins in the premier league so far this this in 2019 has been especially away from home in these mid-table clashes, you know, we still try and hold on the ball. We basically play like we're the we're the home team, which against some teams like maybe Watford or even Wolves, that's going to play into their hands, and, and they like when teams try and attack them, you know, at their own place. But Everton, I feel like, is one team where I, I, I just don't know how— I, it doesn't feel like they're that good against that. They don't have— as concrete a I mean, back line, they, they did get they did get the clean sheet against us, and they and that was their first uh, like big result against a top four team. Though, no, but in a they, while. they they got the, they got the clean sheet in the nil nil with Liverpool a few weeks before that. That's what made me worried about that Chelsea uh, when Chelsea went up to visit them was that literally two weeks before that they got the nil nil draw in the in the Merseyside derby. Did they lose one nil in like the last minute? No, they drew nil nil at home. They lost one nil away at Anfield when Pickford messed up. But, right, right. Uh, this this was a couple weeks ago. That, 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 that's the only time Liverpool have dropped points in the last five games. They've won every other game. 
and the the draw away at Everton was the one time they dropped points. So it's just really hard to know what Everton you're going to get. I think I understand that Arsenal have kind of been able to level off their performances and kind of perform uh, like a consistently like let's say good level. Like it feels like you guys have never really like shifted into like third or fourth gear this season. You've just kind of been like solid ever since like the the first two or three games of the Premier League season. Got that 20-game uh, unbeaten streak. Maybe had like a slight drop-off with the draws with Palace and Liverpool. Another small drop-off with the... Uh, uh, what, what were the results? It, it, was, it, was, it was the loss to... It was in February. Yeah, it was just the 5-1. February and January. The 5-1 loss. You've had, like, you've had like two mini slumps, not excluding the first two games, because I know you say that all the time, that like, don't worry about the first two games. They were against Man City and Chelsea. Disregard those. Ever since then, you guys have been like a more consistent, uh, like performer uh, over the season. Apart from those two little slumps, whereas Everton have they've they've had runs of games where they're playing well, winning and or drawing like five or not or not losing for five games in a row, and then they just go on these ten game stretches where they can't keep a clean sheet to save their lives. They're they're playing their strongest lineup, but they they, they look like completely out of sorts defensively. It's just hard to know with them. So it's I, I'm going to stick with the consistency of Arsenal and say 3-1. Andrew's got uh, 2-1, a little bit closer. And is that 2-0, like a super confident 2-0 of like, they're not going to get a sniff of our goal and we're just going to get no, no. two goals I mean, of quality? I'm, I'm and- a little bit scared of Sigurdsson. Richarlison has looked good in the last few weeks again. So I'm slightly worried of those two. Uh, and Bernard, I, I think we're going to have... Don't gonna- worry about Bernard. He's 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 so wasteful. We're gonna have I know he's we're gonna have form, sure, but I think Leno him Leno is on phenomenal form, and it's gonna be really really hard to beat him. And I think same with Socrates; they're both seemingly, you know, in tandem right now and working really well. And I think if we can are they ramping if up? we can if we can keep those two being the the heart of of the defense, and if they can keep their form up, then I think especially against a team like this. Uh, yeah, yeah, they can get another clean sheet, which would be awesome. You know, th- we haven't kept three clean sheets in a row all season. There's, you know, having a fourth, I'm sure that's going to be a big goal of the team here. You know, keep another clean sheet, keep that going. Yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, let's jump to the last game of the weekend, Monday night, 8 p.m. in London, 3 p.m. here in the states. Chelsea will host West Ham at Stamford Bridge. Andrew and I both have two one wins predicted for Chelsea. Javier, you've got a one-one draw predicted. Uh, this is your, uh, your 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 risky result of the the week. Why do you think we're going to drop points to West Ham? They've been terrible recently. They conceded two to Everton in the first thirty minutes, and then looked completely listless the rest of the game. If this was at the London Stadium, I would actually I would, I'd be pretty afraid of the uh, the idea of it. It's still going to be a difficult game. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park because. Uh, West Ham and playing West Ham is always like it's like playing Watford. They they they, they want to win it kind of more than you do, and they care about it just a little bit more than you do. Uh, so that alone could uh, catch Chelsea out. Um, but I think if Sorry sticks with this lineup that he just played against Brighton, I mean, I, I expressed my doubts about that earlier in the podcast. But if he sticks with it, I don't see I don't see any mid table side really uh, being able to handle that front line of Giroud, Hazard, and Kalamazza Odoi right now, especially with Loftus Cheek. I think it's I can pretty confidently say it now. He's in form. He scored in each of the last two games. Uh, he just played the full ninety minutes and had the goal and an assist against Brighton. 
I'm pretty confident the same team plays that we can score two against them and we're good enough defensively and on the ball that we can uh, hold them to one. Uh, so why do you think Chelsea are going to suffer yet again in the Premier League? Uh, it's more because I think, like you said, West Ham have been on a bad vein of form and I think they're going to try and bounce back with this game. Uh, they're going to look at you know what they did against Arsenal at the Emirates earlier this season as a blueprint of something like what they could do to you guys. They're kind of like Everton where they've had stretches of form where they've been really good and they've been really bad. And they're kind of still in that, you know, hunt for seventh, if you will. So I don't know. <clears throat> but yeah, you've kind of talked me into maybe a Chelsea win here because I, I think it's going to be a close game. You guys both have 2-1. I was thinking 2-1, but then I didn't want to put that down. So I was trying to be a little bit edgy here. I don't have a, a great reason other think, than them wanting when to. When was the last time we did a unanimous result where we all picked the same result? Right. I didn't want to do that. So I, that was mainly the reason why I didn't pick you guys winning, but also because you know I wanted to have a, a little little bit of a, you know, it seemed like all the fixtures this week were pretty cut and dry on paper, but this could be the one kind of tricky one. I guess the Arsenal-Everton too, but um Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, what I was going to say is you, you can afford to take risks, Javier. You're leading right now. I, uh, I just have to get the scores right. I got I have to be perfect. I got to be perfect to get back into this. We got Andrew dropping a four-piece on us last week. You got three right like last week also. I haven't gotten I haven't gotten one right in like a couple of weeks. I'm annoyed. I'm, 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 I'm upset. But 2-1 Chelsea-West Ham, I feel like that's the normal result when we play them at home. They score... They maybe equalize, or maybe they get one late on to make it 2-1 when we're up 2-0 and make it a little bit testy for the last like 20 or 30 minutes. It's never easy with West Ham. I like Ham. my boy um, Fabianski to put in a, a, you know, a shift a shift in this uh, in this game here. Monday night. Know, he's done us plenty of favors in the past. When he, was, when he was a young man at Arsenal, he did us plenty of favors in goal, but he's uh, he's grown and matured since then. Uh, I'm more worried about Chicharito, who has our number. He always seems to. I mean, he always scored against us for United. He scored one off of his, his. He scored one off of his face one time that he like he kicked it onto his face and it went into the goal. Oh yeah, I remember and like that it was goal. complete fluke. It was in like a Community Shield game. It was complete bullshit, but it put them up one nil. And that guy just has a knack for scoring against us. So yeah, it's it's not an easy one, but uh, I'm pretty confident in the two one pick. Hopefully, sorry sticks with the same lineup uh, as the Brighton win. Uh, also, Pe- Pellegrini is a much better manager than Sorry, so I expect good things from this West Ham side. He's definitely a more accomplished manager. I will agree with you there. He is a more accomplished manager. I will not say he is a better manager. I just won't he's do won it. He's won a lot more trophies. He's won the Premier League. He's won La Liga. I just has he won the Champions League? No, no. But he's still a god. No, never won. Sorry's never won a trophy. Yeah, Sorry's got a. He's got a. He's got a weird career path. For a manager, you know, Pellegrini you know. is just looking at this like I'm going to beat this fuck. Well, they, we we drew them nil nil last time we played, so uh, yeah, they got unlucky. They should have won that. We got unlucky. We should have won that. We dominated that game. We just it was our first drop points of the season. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't continue. Hopefully we get the home win and uh, continue to put the pressure on Arsenal uh, to to drop points themselves and uh, let us back into top four. That wraps it up for us here in the Ghost Goal Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. We're looking forward to the games this weekend. If you're uh, not completely 
turned on by the Premier League action. As I mentioned before, there's also uh, Bayern Munich versus Dortmund in the uh, top two clash in uh, the Bundesliga Saturday at 12.30. Saturday at 12.30 also, there's Juventus AC Milan, if you're interested in that. And uh, later on on Saturday, I think 2.45 p.m. here in the States, Barcelona will host Atletico Madrid in another top two clash. So plenty of other football if uh, the Premier League doesn't quite float your boat this weekend. Uh, We're going to do our Champions League preview at some point this weekend and get that out early next week uh, in preparation for the return of the Champions League next week. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Thanks, Javier, for joining us uh, today for the podcast. Uh, obviously, go follow us on social media at Andrew Bissaro, at ASMOS92, and at JavierRev9 on uh, Instagram and Twitter for all of us. Uh, at Ghost Goal Pod for Instagram and Twitter. Go rate, review, subscribe on iTunes to the podcast. Uh, ratings and reviews uh, boost our exposure and help new listeners find the podcast. And until next time, bye.